Welcome back, friends and family, to the Decentralizing Big Media Podcast with Polenia Dow. Hey. Hey. I am your host of sorts, a wild Gorshan, also known as Jordan Herbs. And with me today are Professor Grayballs. Hello. You may recognize his voice from the last few episodes. Ooh. And Originality. AI. <laughs> <laughs> That's his name, Originality. So today we come together to discuss a few different topics. We're going to create the umbrella of creative collaboration and content creation. That's kind of the topic and theme. Last week marked a momentous relaunch of Perception Travel TV, which is basically the project that inspired Polenia to begin with. It is a nonprofit platform channel, if you will, for content to come through that's all just uplifting and inspiring and authentic stories of real people in the world. Now that kind of content doesn't make a lot of money. It's not very monetizable to large demographics. So as you can imagine, it was a very difficult project to fund mm. and a very difficult project to keep moving. I was a lone solo backpacker doing everything more or less myself. Once some money came in, I was able to hire developers and start building a platform that kind of exemplified the ideas I had for this really cool ecosystem of, of sharing videos that match these intentions. Mm. But uh, when push came to shove, I just couldn't handle it. So uh, that's where Polenia came in. Is like, how can we create a way of of crowdfunding these kinds of things that either can be specific or broad, but how this idea of creating a spot where there can be super positive, smiling media, as I like to call it, a place to get news that isn't the bullshit they want to sell you. It's the stories that you want to hear because it's the world you want to create for yourself to surround yourself with, with what you want your world to be. And then with time, you'll see how the world around you changes. So, that has always been where Perception Travel uh, came from. So Perception Travel TV launched as a PeerTube instance. PeerTube is a federated open source platform where you can install it on your own server and it's like you have your own YouTube. And you can mediate who can sign up and when, how many signups, how many gigabytes they get or megabytes, how often they can upload. You can really fine tune your community and make sure it doesn't get spammed and, and thrown up all the time. So. Uh, basically, now that Plenia is wrapping up the rest of its ecosystem, I finally got around to relaunching PerceptionTravel.tv, and that is the Peer2 platform. We've got some videos up on there, and very exciting. I, I actually announced it to our community here in Hawaii because always this is kind of where the vision was because a lot of these inspiring stories are happening here, and they're reflective of what's happening elsewhere in the globe. But I feel like we have a very high concentration of super inspiring stories here. So this marks, for me, a new era of really trying to integrate with the community to get these stories told. So uh, that is kind of the highlight of the last week of development with Plenty of Dow. And with both uh, originality and Professor Grayballs, we have discussed at length what this kind of media, media communications means for the world. So I thought today would be a, a great time to have this discussion from not just the releasing it to the world and what it means to the world, but the act of creating it as people, as how do we make engaging stories? How do we put them out there in a way that's, that's uplifting the community, but also informative. Mm -hmm. And now I don't know how we can start exactly, but, uh, but professor, you brought up earlier <laughs> this, you. this important notion of constructive <laughs> criticism. 
Yeah. Well, it's it seems very relevant since you're talking about building a community around sharing these stories. Not only uh, people consuming sto- stories, but people, our community, creating these stories. And uh, yeah, how best do we help each other create stories, create better stories? And uh, this topic got brought up to me this week via having thoughts about the uh, video you're creating currently, Jordan, this dance video. This dance video. And I, uh, I thought of some ways that I think it could, it could possibly be better, but because of experiences I've had in the past with working with other creative people and giving them uh, constructive criticism and them not taking it well, <laughs> I... <laughs> I uh, got a little triggered and was a little resistant to to give this information, and I was like, "Well, I'll just wait till I see him." And then when I saw you, either consciously or subconsciously, I did not bring it up, and I was like, "What is going on with this? Why? Why? <laughs> why am I withholding this?" Deep. And so uh, this is something I think that is important with creatives because it it's only serves us in helpful ways because it's hard to get honest feedback from people. Uh, usually people, you know, for their credit, they want to be positive about everything, you know, and are usually excited that you're doing anything. <laughs> so if you're doing anything, they're like, great. You're doing something. Especially when you're the, well, maybe client's not the right word. Because in this case, with me and the woman who hosted that dance workshop, mm-hmm. I, she wasn't paying me. I was just trading to be part of the workshop. So mm-hmm. uh, I feel like if she was someone I was paying, she might have more criticism, right? Like, hey, mm-hmm. I need this like this, like this for my business. At the same time, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. But I would hope Because that- some people don't even know what they... Right. What, they're, what they're looking for or haven't, you know, probably not like you or I that spent a lot of time thinking about best ways to tell stories tell in this story. fashion. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and all I got to say is you were right to be to be wary because then when you did finally tell you, I, I almost decked you in the face. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I had to run away. <laughs> That's not true. In fact, what I said was, no, thanks for telling me because something's been missing for me. And I actually didn't tell you that, but something has been missing for me. I'm not like extremely proud of the video, but it does a good job on the story. Everyone that was a part of it really loves it. So that makes me happy that it's a good memory. And I always think of... When I'm releasing these videos, which especially this is kind of under the guise of Perception Travel TV, where I do these types of films, uh, it's important to remember that the demographic might of the of the channel might not know what the fuck contact improv is, contact mm-hmm. improvisation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, it's it's important. Like, let's show the dance. Like, let's show what it is out in the wild. Whereas most of the footage I have is just everyone in the workshop doing it, mm-hmm. which. I suppose, yeah, it still is contact improvisation, but pre-workshop and pre-going to film it, I had no idea, like, what the workshop would look like. I only knew what the dancing looked like, and I was like, wow, what a sexy, beautiful, expressive art form. Mm -hmm. I want to learn that. And so that's kind of the footage I think should be on screen, at least in the beginning or something. So 
people can understand how, how we got there. The problem is I never got that footage mm-hmm. at the workshop because it was always just a workshop. And then when it was the jam, everyone was super just wild and experimenting. Right? <laughs> what I was telling Johnny earlier, do you mind if I add in? Well, his name is Professor Grayballs. Uh, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> you can call me whatever you want. <laughs> professor earlier. <laughs> I prefer the moniker of Professor. I didn't spend... <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of dollars getting scholarships to oh, not get this. <laughs> to not get this professor title. <laughs> but what I was uh, speaking to him earlier is it's being able to handle criticism can. Um, I, I didn't say the name exactly to him, but a rainbow effect. So instead of just showing up as like purple or orange, you can um, accumulate a diverse group of people to add into the project in terms of their thoughts and their minds. And then you'll grab a wider audience because of those colors and the, mm. the diversity that exists in the project. Mm. Whereas when you match up with people that are just more alike you, you're going to attract the niche of what you guys are in that um, relation. But if you allow diversity to come in things that trigger you, things that push you to your boundary, then that's also going to happen to the audience as well. Mm. Yeah. So we apply that rainbow effect to these stories we want to tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Well, in recognizing, I think it's, I have to recognize there's parts of me that do tell a story of a rainbow where I, I do carry diversity, but I notice through my own themes, I'll, I'll start to carry maybe one theme or things that I particularly like, but that doesn't mean that the viewership is going to build based off of what I just like. Right. Yeah. And that can, we can stretch that to what you were saying, professor, about, about, Thank you. <laughs> about really about the brevity of situations like maybe this yeah. like this video is four and a half minutes long that's far too long in my book i don't I like making you. videos that long however the flow just seemed to kind of work i, I liked the story at all everyone liked it everyone liked watching it and it didn't really seem to get boring even for me as someone who made it so i was like oh i think i think this can do it uh but as we discussed as your as your constructive criticism uh inferred very directly <laughs> yeah there's some parts that could be probably cut to make it to make it more rapid mm-hmm. in its data sharing yeah 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 and yeah I, th- I think it's interesting that i mean this whole creative process because usually there's a director so it's considered like a person's vision mm-hmm. but there's you know, it, it takes a, a team to make these things well, sometimes. You, you have a producer or you, someone in charge of like, hey, let's make this shit marketable. Right. Right. We have to sell it. But then there's a team of like 20 people in each category. Yeah. Right. Where we have to realize, you know, so when we're working on our own project, we're trying to be that that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I, I'll listen to movie related podcasts. And I think it's very interesting in certain genres like for example, comedy. I'll, I'll hear an auteur, like a very successful comedy director like Judd Apatow talk about the many screenings that they have to get feedback from the audience to figure out what exactly is the best, the best parts, the funniest part. Are there any parts where we're losing the audience and getting this valuable response to where they can really shape, shape these films 
even though you know it's he's he's the director he's it's his say one way or the other but it's collecting this wide net of of all this pe- feedback from hundreds of people and it's similar i've heard with the action genre uh the director of the latest mission impossible movies talking about a similar thing uh and they also talk about other genres like like maybe maybe a more dramatic genre where it's the spectrum is just too the opinions are just too wide you can't get like a a narrowed opinion on like some kind of artsy dramatic film because it's i guess i guess due to some of it being an abstract nature and um and the genre you know it's not like uh you're hitting these specific notes within the audience to where you're like gonna get that 98 percent on rotten tomatoes kind of thing yeah. where you're pleasing pretty much the whole population which i think is a pretty phenomenal thing as far as like these movies that we have today which are essentially the largest most expensive art projects ever created in human history and most of them are shit potentially yeah (laughs) but you look at something like the avengers movies or the not the avengers uh yeah the last avengers movies the the end game and the whatever the other one was called but I mean, these—they're spending a fucking mm-hmm. billion dollars on these these movies, yeah. and they're making that shit back, yeah. and they're getting ninety-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, where they're like pleasing almost everybody that watches these. Things. But this brings it back to the more core problem. I don't want to derail you. Yeah. But no, no, no. Finish your point. Sorry. Well, I guess the point is that when you're when you're open to accepting accepting this this feedback you can uh, just the possibilities mm-hmm. of how many people you can touch by uh, just just feeling in just tapping into the zeitgeist to feel like what is the the way the story can most impact a large group of people mm-hmm. because how i perceive these billion dollar budgets is you're creating the fucking zeitgeist you are yeah. the machine, right? Like, so yeah. you're, you're manufacturing mm. consent, right? Like, mm. because that's the nature of the content. Like the, the medium is the message here. This is all just meant to, to, to twist your perceptions to where this is and the kind of be, shit you like. That could be for better or worse, right? Yeah, no, no. totally, totally. And I mm. wanted to just bring up a point in there. And like, when we, when I want to circle back to perception travel and even Polenia, Whereas where, okay, you have a director, you have a producer, you have the team making a film, and then you have the test audiences. Now imagine if those test audiences also had a stake in the project, mm. right? They were incentivized to help make this project as good as possible. Uh, beyond just saying, oh, I'm bored here, but take it to the next step is how can we communicate this in a way that, yeah, we're tapping into that zeitgeist and we're getting into that niche that maybe we're not really a part of, uh, and use it for better, mm-hmm. right? How do we tap into that and then make it and like kind of transform it into something that's not just propaganda, something like this? And that's also what the power of a community audience could could effectively create. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how would the community audience have a stake in it? The Project Fund tokens. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Your raffle tickets, essentially. 
Yeah. But and I guess as or the project builds, how does that build for them? How does how do the project fund tokens build for them? Yeah. Well, they become more valuable. Okay. So if these are raffle tickets for the party or for the NFT or for Johnny's shirt, right, mm-hmm. that he wore while he was directing this this Avengers film, <laughs> right? Like you want that raffle ticket. Like, hey, Johnny's shirt is is going to be raffled off, but you have to hold one of these tickets yeah. in order to do so. Then that's essentially what we're building towards. So if the if it's a good movie, people are going to. Mm-hmm hopefully want the, the, the merchandise or hopefully want to go to the party or the screening yeah. or whatever you want to use these digital raffle tickets for. Okay. And it's interesting that that is feedback in itself. You know, people buying into this and mm. getting and getting that, that means, you know, you're on the right path. You're creating something that somebody likes. And, but even the step before that is just like your inner circle that you're showing this content to and what they're, what they have to say about it. And yeah, it's very interesting to me the uh, the the feedback that is given versus the feedback that is with, withheld. <laughs> you know, and because it could because you because you don't know. You know, most times I show anything to anybody, they're like, "Great," and uh, and there's nothing. And that might and it might be great, but if it's not, there's no there's no service to anybody. If somebody's saying this is great and yeah. there is actually some things that they are not into, but they're withholding it, withholding it. Even if they don't know why they're not into it, it's just boring or something. Right. Oh, yeah. a pat on the back, like great job. Yeah. Great job. You'll get ten views. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, I like the notion of having a stake in it because then the honest opinion is more right. likely to come. Oh, and then and this is yeah. where, you know, for me, this sounds really weird to say because A, I'm a shit businessman as much as I love being an entrepreneur. I'm, mm. a, I'm pretty much a shit businessman. But business, like putting on a business, you know, sunglasses, baseball cap, putting that as my main perspective has helped me dissolve a lot of my ego when it comes to my my films my -hmm. filmmaking and maybe not other things so much but i think my music too like just naturally over time because i used to be a fuck you artist right everything was rebellion like i would like i studied literature in college and i was like okay we're gonna defy every tradition in this novel i'm writing it's gonna be revolutionary because that's what happened back in the day right you have these french artists that like do things in a new way and it's revolutionary and i'm like that's what i'm gonna do and then you realize that every other bohemian is doing the same thing and it all just gets lost because like what is truly revolutionary you know most of it's still just marketing even like bukowski could be like a recent example of something revolutionary, right? But how many other fuckers wrote poems like that, right? I'm sure many. They just never got seen. They weren't in the right place at the right time. They never submitted it to the right magazine, whatever. Don't get me wrong. I love Bukowski's work. I'm glad you're bringing this up. This is, I think, very important because it's all all perspective. You know, nobody's opinion is right. Nobody's opinion is wrong. And you're just... When receiving people's opinions about this, you're just becoming this filter of what is helpful, what is not helpful, what is the artist soul inside of me that needs to be a part of this project 
That needs to sing. That needs to sing. <laughs> that's going to tap into somebody else's soul. And if it's not there, then it's not going to touch those people. Uh, and this one person just uh, has a different vibe yeah. that you're getting this information from versus something very important they might be telling you. And what I, exactly, I mean, what I mean to say with that example is I was always pretty shut off to criticism. I would give it for people to read and they'd give, you know, other writers or whatever, but like for the grand motif of like what I was doing, I was pretty shut off without really knowing it. And then slowly that turned into video and with video, I, it was always just like, I mean, yeah, my art or whatever. So I, no one really offered the criticism. I never really looked for it either. Uh, but slowly but surely, I just started to learn like, hey, like my style isn't what people are gonna, well, isn't what's going to get thousands of clicks, right? I got to really focus on like, I got to hit home the points. And that's what led to us making a video storytelling guide with seven sections. And now I just try to follow the guide that I made. Because like, if I can follow that guide and answer those questions, then as long as we edit together at the end right, then all the elements are there to be engaging. Wait, so you have a guide for creating a story that you wrote? For video stories. For video mm. It's called the Video Storytelling Guide. Videostorytelling.guide. Well, that would be interesting to go through that guide. and That can be another episode and for sure. And see yeah. In fact, points. it's time for a 2.0 for sure. Okay. It's something I whipped together pretty quickly, but we have a whole mobile app that's based on it. So basically you have a mobile app and say you want to make a video, but you don't have a budget to, to pay someone or whatever. You have, you see all the sections, introduction, body, conclusion, right? You're answering all the who, what, when, where, why, how. And you have B-roll, establishing, music, you have all the files you need. You snap it, you upload it to that section, and then it sends it to the server where other video editors and people on the network can see it all and be like, oh, I want to help you with that. They, you accept them, you mm. send them some Pele tokens, and then you can download all the files. It's like, as an editor, if you give me all your work organized, and we nice. when we're following the same protocol, that'll be done in 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, that doesn't cost $100 an hour, right? Like, it's there. I want to just help you. I want to do it with you, yeah. right? Wow. And that is like, I think a lot of people want to collaborate, mm. but when it comes into like, oh, well, just time, you need to buy my time because we live in a tough world. It's a tough world out there. But if we can make it to where like, oh, it's just a quick half an hour as a hobby, you can work with someone, make an engaging, effective piece of content, and then maybe even have it start building a library that can generate you income one day. What I was going to ask you guys is, have you ever heard of um, the death of the author? Mm -hmm. So I, um, I study a lot of like James Joyce and a lot mm -hmm. of, what do they call it? Um, like neo-noir and um, postmodernism, and what they say is um, our, our author, our storyteller died a long time ago. That all we do now is we remix and remix and re-edit and re-edit. So when you're bringing up um, in what James Joyce talks about in, um, what is it, a portrait of an artist as a young man, Mm. is he does a timeline of himself as a baby to like senile and you see him as a baby he picks up like stories from his parents stories from his community and then as he's becoming more senile in the book it just becomes like stream of consciousness and no structure at all and so what i because you brought up french artists you brought up different artists that become revolutionary and i believe he really was what i've been discovering is it's not the story that is the revolution it's the system in which the humans 
and the creators are building mm. that makes that story revolutionary. Because mm. the story is so reiterated, like Romeo and Juliet, all right. of them, like they just totally get retold, Mulan getting remade, all of our stories, but it's the system in which we are structuring it and how we're sharing it that could be completely different. That's that's a fascinating topic when you think of like Baudelaire back in the mm. day, like smoking hash, doing drugs, like that was like, and these were respected writers, right? Or like becoming respected. That was like the lifestyle. That was the environment, the system, right? It's like soon the art started coming out of the lifestyle, which is where like bohemianism sprang, sprang from. Mm. Or you talk about Bukowski, right? Like why is Bukowski about like, I wanted to be an alcoholic loser like that just wrote because I was inspired by an alcoholic loser. Right. Like, but there's something like magical about it that takes grasp of the imagination. And then it turns into gonzo journalism, like, uh, what's his name? Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. Hunter S. Thompson, where he, the character is the piece, right? He's a journalist, but he's the character. Yeah. I was, I was thinking about this in a different form. Uh, just yesterday, as far as mm. dance dance goes, uh, and comparing it, uh, you, viewing dance, especially contact improv dance, as a sport of some sort, but not in a traditional like competition sport. It's a collaborative sport, mm. and how growing up, it was all competition sports. And this is the lessons, the stories that I received so much as a kid was that of competition. This like us versus them kind of thing. Mm. And it appears in so many stories. And yeah, every day that was the story as far as like this, the competition in the games. Uh and framing it, especially around touch in general. So, yeah, a lot of my life I was growing up with the perception that touch is reserved for a romantic partner. And that was part of growing up in that that thing, too, because it was also a competition for mates. You know, it wasn't like you're just touching somebody else's wife or something like that in a in a loving way that would be considered a bad thing to do we might want to insert some context for contact improv right now well that might be true well i also have a question your video (laughs) yeah let's play the video do you think that that those stories are what make to to reel back to your beginning point professor criticism Mm -hmm. so hard for us to take from other people Yes. It's because of our innate fear of competition yeah. from other people. Right. Yeah. Is it a fear or innate like wariness? Oh, right? Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, because it could mean your death. Right. Oh, I love that. I mean, at least to your, to your body. Yeah. Right. Your, yeah. your ego. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. I thought I was super good at editing. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> uh, it's interesting. Like, over time... Yeah, I it stopped being as big of a as big of a thing, and I, I was competing for a long time with like in my head. Like yeah. I don't even want to watch other YouTubers, right? It's just like oh, they're doing better than me. Oh, like, especially YouTubers <laughs> with the same content oh, or yeah, anybody creating the yeah. similar topic content. <laughs> right. Oh god. Yeah. 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 
I still get touches of that sometimes, but at the end of the day, like it doesn't really matter. All mm -hmm. that matters is what's in front of me, my mm -hmm. face. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, de I desire, yeah, I link people up to videos I make sometimes, just like hoping some, somebody say something real about this thing. Cause I've like, I've spent so much damn time with it. I don't know. I don't know if it's good. I think it's good. But I've spent, you know, hours on this thing. How do I get an outside view for myself to be able to step outside and get a, a different perspective and see if it is actually any good? Mm -hmm. And uh, well, let's circle this back around. So, yeah. Perception Travel TV, one thing we're trying to encourage is make your own playlist with your raw files. So, say you have an idea, or say you have mm. a project, whatever it is, you have a bunch of phone footage, upload it. Put on 500 megabytes onto your new account. You can make a little playlist and then share it with the community in the Telegram group or the Telegram group, basically, for now. Share it and go, hey, I'm looking for an editor. I'm looking for people to help me turn this into something nice. Mm -hmm. Right. And what's neat is on PeerTube, you can allow people to download the files mm -hmm. so they can literally press download right then and there and then help you out. Make a new one, upload it. And then, you know, with the right mm -hmm. intentions before you know it, you have a little team. Yeah. But it's never the way I imagined a platform where people are sharing video and helping get getting videos made. They're like the Pele portal, which is another place to do this, like with the, the mobile app I explained earlier, it works with the Pele portal where you can upload things in sections. You specify what kind of project it is that, that tells you, it gives you the different upload fields based on what you need to provide to find collaborators. So it's like a, you know, almost one day it could be an algorithmic like Upwork type situation where client looking for a creative, except the premise is creative looking for creative to hang out and play together. But at the same time, while you're on a PeerTube instance and you can just see the video and download it and then upload a new one like, hey, here's my draft. And then someone else could download that, right? And then keep it going. Yeah. So it's almost like you're, you're able to you're able to witness the evolution step by step. And I've been considering doing that for this promo video that I showed you and I, I like lost the original file. I may have found it again, the hard drives crashed, so I gotta, gotta send it in. But idea is show the promo video as a work in progress. Hey community, how can we make this better? You know, submit, upload your videos and I'll download them and I'll add them in. And maybe that interface, it's like YouTube, but with the added functionality of being able to collaborate, mm. maybe it could be familiar. Yeah. And circling in to the conversation, it just means we have to be very conscious of the, the criticism and making yeah. sure it's good. If you're uploading your footage, I mean, from the get-go, hopefully you're not attached to anything because you didn't really do anything. But if you did do something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it sounds beautiful as far as uh, allowing people this access to collaborate. In a more easy, easy fashion. Yeah. Well, I, what I'll say too about just being in Hawaii, because I've been here almost two years, and it took me that much time to connect with just you two. Mm. So, I, if there's a platform for for people who are willing, when showing up and getting on, to collaborate, then I think that's going to be effective regardless. Because we don't, especially with where the internet's going, I don't need to be with you mm. to right. collaborate. Right. Yeah. 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 Even though I love being 
here with you <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can also have chat rooms. So every channel can have a chat room mm -hmm. or every video. But basically, it's like if I'm on your channel, there's a chat room. And if someone else is on the channel at the same time, we can chat. <sighs> like, oh, two people browsing this this creator's channel. Like, we can talk about it. Like, you know, hey, what are you watching? Or you like that? Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if we can get a like overall chat room for everyone on it at the same time. Yeah. Because I think that would make it pretty dope. Yeah. Pretty sweet. That would be nice. Yeah. But anyway, check out perceptiontravel.tv and there's a, the, the experiment has begun. <laughs> and this is, this is something I'm trying to get activated uh, very quickly so we can pick that, get a proper server for it and yeah. really do it right. Because to stream videos, it's uh, a bit costly. What's neat is you can stream videos peer to peer in it. Yeah. So it creates a torrent on your browser. So any other person watching the video at the same time, you're all helping each other stream it. So yeah. the server, which is pretty cool. It's kind of putting the, I think the ethos of what we're trying to do. It's the technology of the platform kind of has that ethos embedded in it. Yeah. For with, with peer to peer. Is it RTC? I think it's called technology. It reminds me of mycelium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Building that network. That's right. It is. Yeah, yeah. it is. So constructive criticism, mm -hmm. collaborative creation portals with mm -hmm. Perception Travel TV, using our example of the contact improvisation. Where else we? Well, I was just going to say, I, I feel like we can, you know, just, just us right now, you know, we can have this incredible opportunity to help each other uh, grow and be better storytellers. And I want to set the intention to be open to to any any feedback and, and knowledge that I can get from not just you guys but any any angel that shows up in my life mm. offering such things here here yeah uh, roles have always sound super important to roles yeah where yeah. it's like I was the cameraman I went out and got this footage I'm not necessarily attached to editing it or whatever so yeah. it's just like pass it off and I don't know. Maybe that would be sensitive stuff. Like, hey, what the? What did you do right there? Like, I um, gave you the perfect shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you right. know, who knows? But yeah. But I think there's something to be said for. I think if you have less overhead, energetic overhead of like what you're doing, a lot more can, can kind of get done. We were talking about the other day about how like let's put this in perspective. We're all three filmmaker, photographer, storyteller types in in our in our area. And we all naturally need work, right? Who doesn't? And uh, how do we build a big demand yeah. for cheap collaborative videos, right? Cheap, not in the quality, but in the price. Yeah, so it's like everyone needs to tell their story for their business. Yeah. That's just how it is today. You need to tell your story, but how do you tell your story when a video is $1,000? Even if it's just like $500, right? Like that's a lot of money. And sure, maybe some, especially here, let's use it in our community, that's a lot of money. Yeah. And people aren't trying to do that more than once a year, right? Like maybe once every three years, <laughs> but that's a big investment and you need it for your business. You got to make sure it's going to add a return. So how do you, how do you make quality storytelling, not Instagram stories, not social posts, but quality storytelling with, with quality artists and build a sense of urgency 
in people like, oh, I need to make a new video with these guys. Right? It needs to be another one. And something that's affordable is something that gets the, the artists paid something and eventually creates this space and this ecosystem where people are going to want to be a part of it because there's a big demand for getting these quick, engaging storytelling videos made, which is what I thought the app could do. Right, it's like a Tinder. You swipe on these stories, like, oh, I want to edit that. You swipe right, mm-hmm. <laughs> or an idea. Uh, yeah. Right, swipe on an idea. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds fun. Get the <laughs> get that little dopamine rush when an, uh, a video accepts you back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or even better, or when they respond like to your first message. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You like me too. <laughs> you want to work with me too? Wow. Yeah. Especially if there are people nearby, right? Yeah. That was that was, we made a prototype for that years ago. Like you're tra- like for travelers, right? You're traveling, you're backpacking through Australia or whatever, some city, and you want to just hang out with someone. Like imagine it's you know you swipe. Oh yeah, we can make this video ah. together, and it happens to be a sponsor. It's sponsored by some restaurant that needs content. So two travelers go to the restaurant, they get a free meal, they have to make a video together. An engaging video in an hour or however long for the for the restaurant owner, right? Wow! And then everyone kind of wins. Yeah, could be fun, right? A total rainbow, <laughs> total rainbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, way to bring it back. Yeah, this rainbow concept. <laughs> oh yeah, everybody working together. I think that's going to be the key, especially when it comes to telling more stories and reaching more people. Of an um, afternoon, you know, where we don't have to freaking plan it a week in advance where yeah. it's like literally oh i have a few free hours right now what mm-hmm. am i going to do am i going to lay around and watch netflix no i want to go create. create and most for most of us not all the time but most a lot of the time it's better to create with people it's more fun yeah mm-hmm. you know especially if you can stay on track with a shared goal and purpose that maybe comes from a third party right all right Ooh. wow uh Maybe maybe next time, maybe not next time, but soon. Uh, I'm curious about these bullet points for the storytelling. The storytelling guide? Yeah. yeah. Well, let's sign off on this one and check in, <laughs> and then maybe we can go over it because maybe the energy's still here. Mm. I've noticed a few text messages on my phone over there. It might be the family needing me. Oh, I yeah. I feel complete on this episode. Definitely yeah. me too. For, yeah, for today. always complete. Well, thanks for joining us, <laughs> Professor Grayball's originality. Uh, PerceptionTravel.tv to check out the our PureTube instance. Plenia.online to learn more about the Plenia project. And we'll catch you soon. Thanks for... Thanks for stopping by. Bye, everybody. Bye.